Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, doing everyone? Welcome back to NRL Fantasy Analysis. I believe this is going to be the most important video of the year, so... I'm going to pop in, pop in some timestamps in there for each different section. We're going to go through all my favorite guns in order. Uh, for each position, we're going to go through my favorite mid-rangers and also all the cash cows that are available that I think are you know, somewhat relevant um, and, and rank them as well. So if you do like this, I would appreciate it if you subscribed and, and also liked this video, shared it with your friends, um, whatever you can do there. That'll be really appreciated. It's going to be a long one. As I said, I'll have those timestamps in there along the way. I call this the round one player Bible. We've had the cash cow Bible. Uh, let's see how we go with the full video. So my favorite guns in each position, we're going to start with hooking position and Grant's going to be my favorite one. I want him from the start of the season. He misses out in round one, so that's a bit of a, a pain uh, for me personally. I would like to start really well and I think using that extra cash could be ideal. Yes, you could make it up in other rounds, but um, I think you know Grant being someone um, that is super important, but we can put, you know, at the price point he is, we get, if there's an injury or suspension or anything to any of our top guns, we can trade him straight in um, and use a cheapy or a mid-range guy in the other position that we're trading from to get to Grant, for example. If you're not going with him, options include Reed Minor. I think he's just ahead of Cook, in my opinion. Eels are going to be really, really good. So they're going to be slightly better than Rabbitohs, I feel. And, and Reed does a little bit of everything. He kicks uh, out of dummy half as well. Yes, the points aren't as special, but I think he's going to be slightly better than Cook. But, you know, around that 60, 62-point average for, for both those guys will be completely cool. Brandon Smith is someone that has a nice duel, but, you know, he's a slightly inconsistent scorer. Uh, you just got to look at the, last, uh, the first month of last year. Um, he didn't start as well. A bunch of scores in the 40s, and if you're picking him up at a price of 54, I think you'd be pretty annoyed with, with the start like that. So that's why I put him in number four. And guys, if you're uh, wanting a, a further in-depth view on a bunch of these guys, I have spoken about pretty much all of these guys in multiple videos, so please go back and, and check all of them, especially before round one tomorrow. That will be really helpful. But yeah, that's that with Smithy. Uh, I'd pop Connor Watson in there just because he's at that price point and has the duel as well. But it's really slightly overpriced because with how well he did for the Knights last year, he should do well in round one, but I expect him to move back to the bench and maybe get a you know, close to a 50-minute roll. I uh, just played a few more minutes at the night, so I just don't see him getting that in the Roosters pack, but 
yeah, we'll see how he goes. We can we can monitor him. I don't think you're going to miss out from from not having him at the start. Mids, Payne Haas, clearly the the best scorer in this position. I think he is probably close to the best captaincy option as well. So I'd be just locking him in personally. Angus Crichton, I think, is the the second best in terms of a slightly slight bit of a value proposition. The only issue is coming back from um, from elbow trouble. That's why he hasn't trialed at all. But for him. You know, being a bit more of a veteran in, in today's game, I think he's going to be completely fine. Has that dual position. A little bit upside on you know, the year previous. You know, he had a bunch of games last year where he's you know, running out of the line, getting a bunch of missed tackles and stuff, and I don't think he has to do that as much this year. Um, super consistent player, so if you can try and get him in as well, he'd be really cool, whether that's in the mids or the edge there. Isaiah Papali'i, I put him in at three because he's still going to score really well. I just think he's slightly overpriced. So if you like him, lock him in, um, but just slightly overpriced for me. And... Um, yeah, you know, we're looking for guys that are either going to at least hold their, their price as a gun, um, or you know make money, make you money. So I don't think he he's going to do either of them, but we'll still score well. Joshy Curran, I've got him in the mids. He has a dual position as well. A little bit erratic in his scoring at times, but he will still score nicely. Yeah, you know, average fifty two last year. You have a look at a bunch of his scores, and you know, you've got him in the thirties and forties a few uh, a bunch of different times on that edge or in the middle, for example. Um, even in some decent minute games, for example. So. Um, just just have a look with him as to if you want him in your team or not. Tamalolo has a little bit of upside on his previous role, what he's done in the past. Last year had a bunch of injuries. It's been t- we've been told by assistant coaches that he's going to be getting bigger minutes than last year, so he should be able to score better than last year for sure. So if you if you like him at that six hundred and twenty price point, then then I think there's a little bit of upside. You know, if you look at he's, he was one of the guys that you almost just you know, stuck in your team from round one and held him for the entire season as he doesn't play Origin and things like that. So Lolo is a great option, for sure. Uh, just a little bit a little bit pricey. If he's in the 500s, I'd probably pick him up straight away, but um, I might just wait and see with him. And then AFB is my sixth best option. Just heard TK today go out and say that I think he can score 60, and then he retracted a little bit uh, a little bit later in the pod and said 55 to 60. But you know, if he gets up near 60, that's half-level um, scores, and I just don't see it with him. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be happy to be wrong, but uh, and yeah, you can listen to other people or, or whatever you think. I just think you, know, you played a bunch of big minute games last year, and um, I don't see too much upside on that with um, with the pack that they have, especially when you know reading you know, current Aiken, um, Harris, and you got Lodge and him coming, you know, playing some big minutes as well. So that's that. Edge, you got for feeder is the clear best option in the edge in terms of um, scoring. Will you pay up for him? No, that's the question. I, I'm not going to steer anyone clear of him. He looks really nice in your side if you've plugged him in there and you've put got a few guns as well across your team. He looks really nice in that position. So, you know, just be the, the question for him is will he be playing 80 minutes? And if he does, then he's going to be averaging that mid-60s to 70. Uh, just, just missing out on a few tackle breaks, but he offloads a lot as well. So not too much to worry about there. Josh Jackson... Dual position, mid, edge, he's going to be great as well. You know, we had him at the back end of last year and he was just nice to sit in there and scoring 55 to 65 on a regular basis. I think he's going to score slightly more consistently than, than what Ryan Madison would, for example. And, you know, his role is just completely clear where Madison's going to be starting in the 13 role, which we'll talk about him now. Um, has that dual position now as well, starting in the 13 role. Probably will move back to the edge when he... Uh, when Nathan Brown comes back, but it will be interesting to see how he plays in that 13 position, and, and if he can do really well, does he keep it, and Brown plays through the middle, they have a couple of really good middles as well, so either way, um, I think Madison will do really well, he's been consistent for a long time, and has averaged over 60 in the past, and you get him at a price of 55, so I think you can get him to score at least 55, dual position, 
probably not going to play Origin. I think you know, I'm very interested in him personally. I'm looking at him in my head-to-head team, actually, which I'll show um, you know, sometime, obviously, either today or tomorrow. Frizzell comes in at number four. He's just been super consistent for a long time, so you wouldn't go wrong picking him up. Um, guys like Leilua, Lucy Leilua here, he's going to be a top 10 edge for sure if you, you're going, you know, there's guys that are dual position. Obviously, I've spoken about him mids. He'll be a top 10. Can he take another step up? And if he can, he can average somewhere between 55 and 60. And otherwise, he's going to average about what he is now. Uh, he's someone that does get a few tackle breaks and offloads, so you know, pretty much um, cancels each other out there in terms of the losses of and, and gains of those points. TPJ, I put him in number six. Just has the upside for sure, but you know the hothead, um, suspension risk, Ugh, chances of playing only 55 minutes. We don't really know exactly. We, we assumed he had some upside on minutes, but we're not exactly sure. Um, how he's going to go, if he's going to stay on the park for as long as possible or not. And Hudson Young, just the, the minutes are unknown for me. Um, that's what's stopping me picking up Hudson. He you know, averaged 55 last year, was really, really good. So chance that he does that again. There's also a chance that he gets moved to the bench and stuff like that, which what happened last year. Um, any of these things that I'm saying, guys, just pop into uh, thefootystats.com, footy60.com or Rugby League um, Fantasy Pro there. Uh, there are two options to have, to have a look at for those stats if you want to look further or just jump into a few of my videos um, along the way. Just quickly, before we go through any further, just the league code down there. I have some prizes to announce, which I'll, um, I'll do in a, in a different video, just to not make this go too long. But jump in that league now. There's going to be cool prizes for the top three. You'll, um, you'll want to be part of that top three. Uh, you know, one, of, one of those prizes is actually going to be meeting me and, and, and you know, going for going for dinner and drinks, for example, if you make that top three. So that's part of it. Um, so jump in that league now. I'll give you a second. Do it while you're watching this video. Hit pause and, and get in there. All right, move on to the halves. DC is going to be a clear best half to start with that. Cleary, if you are thinking about holding Cleary, I think that's okay. I just think you're going to be a long way down the pack uh, for the first part of the season. You'd really want to hope that your cheapies go really well because you're going to have to pick the majority of them. Uh, but DCE, clear best half to start with, expecting low to mid-60s with that drop in tackle breaks and uh, the kick meters. He will get a little bit back in offloads, but you know he's going to be a really solid captaincy option as well. You know, the thing with him, different to Haas, is he has the chance of getting 40 and has the chance of getting 120, right? He's got that um, anything in between. Um, but should do well against Panthers in round one, given the fact that Cleary is out. Munster, I'm so keen on him this year, but him missing round one is a bit of a dampener at his price. But I think you know if you can pick him up over the first bunch of weeks, he's going to be great. Didn't have a great year last year in terms of his actual gameplay, apart from Origin and things like that. But um, you know, really did well at the back end of the year, and and you can so you can see that he you know he doesn't have to do too much to get a 45-50. The the drop in kick meters doesn't hurt him too much. The tackle breaks does, but he's someone that offloads as well. So. Pretty high on him going into the season. And his partner, Hughes, is also going to be great. So a couple of guys to to talk about there and, and think about putting in your squad for short. Uh, have him as third best option in terms of I think he can score close to that 60 again, even though he had an amazing year last year. Storm are going to be great again. I don't see much changing, and he's only improving as a half. Ben Hunt, it's his team. So he should score really consistently. Plenty of kick meters, um, you know, controlling the team, tackles well. Attacking stats, their team's going to be better, for example. So I can see him really controlling this team and doing well. He averaged 57 last year. I could see him somewhere in that mid-50s again with his price being brought down a tad just for the kick meter changes. Someone I'm super keen on at a bit of a cheaper price who I, doesn't, who I don't think the scoring, uh, the scoring changes will affect him too much is Dylan Brown. 
I just feel like he you know, he tackles well, doesn't kick too much, so he doesn't lose too much there. Tackle breaks aren't a massive part of his game, but they obviously could be a little bit more. Um, offloads, yeah, here and there, but for me, his try assist and, tackle, uh, and tries was really down. Uh, from what I think he can get if he can, continues to make improvements. So I'm, I'm thinking he has probably five points of upside uh, compared to a lot of these guys are probably right on their price point. Um, so I like him as an option. He's probably going to be in my side, let's be honest. Number six is Luke Keary. I think just feel like his price is a little bit inflated on, on his amazing start last year. He's next to Walker. He's going to be doing a fair bit more than what Lucky Lamb was um, doing last year. But I think he's still going to do, do well, and that's why he's ahead of a couple of other options here. Mitch Moses, just the scoring changes I think affect him the most out of probably almost anyone in the game. He's someone that makes a lot of tackle breaks and kicks for a lot of meters. So just be aware of that if you're picking him up. Yes, his price has been uh, adjusted slightly, but I think it could adjust a little bit more. Can he get better as a player? I don't know. I feel like he's probably pretty close to his peak. He, He did make Origin last year, so he is playing pretty well. So I think he just becomes a little bit, you know, slightly lesser option than some of the other guys. Toby Sexton comes in at eight for me. Obviously, I haven't been too high on him. I'm just not sure if he goes to that gun status straight away, right? He might ha- it might happen later on in the year, but will it happen from round one to round 10? That's what we are picking our round one teams on. We're not picking it on potential in round eight, for example. So I definitely think he has the upside, but he potentially has some downside also. Could see him average 45, 40 to start the season and lose a little bit of cash. You could see him average just you know in the low 50s uh, and you don't really miss out too much on, on him. But at 600K, obviously I can see why people are interested if he's going to be doing you know the kicking in general play, the kicking for goals and setting up a bunch of their tries. But how good are the Titans going to be? That's probably the question you want to ask yourself. If they're going to be amazing, then pick him up. If you're not sure, then probably don't. SJ. Sean Johnson. So back to the Warriors should be... I just think he's going to be just under keeper status. You know, maybe in that you know, average high for 40s last year. I think he can probably do the similar similar thing. Kick meters he loses. Um, I'd, you know, Sharks are a pretty good team, right, when he was there. So he assisted to Nakora. He assisted to Katoa. Did a lot of good things there. When he comes back to the Warriors, are they going to be better than what the Sharks were? I can see him being on par or slightly below that. So... That's that. There's so many other options there as well. As you can see, nine options in the gun, in the gun halves, and we have so many cheapies to come. All right, centre. We have Matty Burton, I'd say, is probably the highest potential centre. Has the highest upside on, on pass scores in the half position. Um, we're just being able to do everything. He's going to be kicking goals as well, which is even better, which he didn't get to do too much of at the Panthers. The only issue with him is about 50k more than Aiken and Bird. And just... Yeah, hearing it, listening to a bunch of other people, reading comments, a lot of people are liking Bird, and he was a he was a lock in my squad early on in the preseason, and he kind of went out for a little bit just because I feel like felt like I had to spread that money a little bit further around my side. You know, having two centre edge jewels in Bird and Aiken, and even flirting with Burton for a while there was an issue, but I've actually probably moved Bird back into my side. We just look at. Those three guys, you know, even all these guys in the centres, but Burton, Aiken, and Bird. Bird's probably a better player than Aiken. Um, has has scored fifty, and yeah, he was four games on the edge, but that gives him seven points of value. He's someone that offloads a fair bit as well, so be aware of that compared to Aiken. So I can see them having them both on par. Aiken probably has a little bit more upside in terms of try scoring. He loves to find the line passes a bit less than someone like Bird would, but they both definitely both have. Um, some upside for sure. So if you went both of them, I wouldn't be too against you. 
don't have Aitken as a must-have. He's kind of sat in my team the whole time just because it looked good. But, you know, I'm thinking about everyone now. <laughs> I'm probably losing my mind a little bit um, making all these videos, but also trying to, you know, make my team as well uh, as best as possible. But that's those three. I'm kind of happy with all three of those. And then Manu would probably be my next decision. Had him last year. He was really, really good in a more, a more of a roving role. Had played some fullback, played some six last year. Will he be able to emulate that in a team that's a little bit better? Right? He might not have as much to do. He might just have to finish on, on in the centers. He obviously has Kiri next to him, which is going to be helpful compared to you know, Hutchison or Walker. I'd say obviously Kiri's better than both of them at this stage. So he'd be able to help him with some extra ball. Will he have to rove as much? I'm not exactly sure. So he'll be good, but you know, dual position is nice as well. Stag. So he's definitely a top gun who he just finds it hard to stay on the field. So there's so much talent. He's going to be next to Reynolds. Uh, plenty of upside with Stags, but just the fact that over the last few years he, he gets on the field, he, he can score a try really comfortably, but does he stay on the field? Um, no, right? He usually annoys us, so I have to put him in number five, ahead of Ramian, um, just for the fact that he has a little bit more upside than Ramian. In a side that's probably going to be slightly better, Ramian will be, but he's already averaging 48, 49. Um, he's a tackle-busting guy. He's just you know, pretty consistent with tackles and run meters as well. And Lomax had to put in the guns category because he has upside. He's cheaper, and I love him. That is all I need to say on Lomax. Um, just probably an awkward price at the moment. Yeah, you probably want to go on the top guys that plays a, a, an edge or a, a half because Lomax is going to be have a little bit more up and down. But if they get onto a bit of a run, the Dragons, he's going to do really well with the goal kicking, etc. Okay, wing fullback. The last of the real big ones, and then we'll uh, we'll get into the mid ranges. So. Turbo, um, worried about him dropping a little bit of cash, but he's definitely a clear captaincy option and he's going to do well, no matter what. Unless he's injured, he's going to be doing great, but we don't want to see him injured. Uh, Tommy Turbo, yeah, you can plug him in if you want to captain him, great. Just obviously over a million bucks makes it a bit tough. Teddy should be the second best wing fullback, averaging around 60. He's 58 last year. He loses a few tackle-breaking stats, but I think you know tries and try assists will be uh, in in Teddy's uh, diet this year for sure being in a better side not having to do as much he won't have to play as, as much six and he can play, do those sweeping plays at the back where he can go through you know, one on one or pass to his um, his centres and wingers I think will be really cool third and fourth very very close for me Pap and Hines so Pap's number three I feel like he just says slide more upside than Hines Hines has the dual position but he's going to be a little bit more consistent I'd say but just hasn't had to have as much upside. I can't, I can't see Hines scoring as many 80s, 90s, 100s as I can see Pap scoring the odd 80, 90, 100. So that's where I'd have them. But um, both can be doing plenty across the park. Latrell Mitchell is going to be a top five wing fullback, but I can't pick him in round one just because he's out. Uh, but pretty expensive as well. So you've got other guys who are slightly cheaper than, than what Latrell is. All right, Gutho, number six, always been pretty solid in a great team. He's going to have a nice, another nice year averaging just over 50, but he does have to score a lot of tries and assists a lot as well. Uh, not someone that's going to be affected too much by the tackle break change. Pongo at number seven. Just worried about how Knights will go. You know, him, hence him being a bit low on this list, but he's going to be a little bit more boom or bust. He could have you know, the 80, 90, 100. He could also have the 25 to 35, which could, um, you know, could kill you. If you start with him and he has that amazing start uh, to the year and the Knights have a, a good start, then great. But I, I see them not going as well, which means a little bit, a little bit more in the 35, you know, 35, 40 range than, than those games in the big one. Jaden Campbell, definitely someone who's on the way up. I can see him challenging the top wing fullbacks for stretches of the season. I just don't see it happening from round one. They've got a very young spine. He'll take a, a, you know, a few games to get into it. He have some moments of brilliance for sure, but you know, priced at, what, just a bit over 40, so 42, 43. I think there's um, some better options in this position. 
Um, Brian Toll and Garrick both too expensive to start for me. I just you know with the with the tackle breaks lost, Garrick had an all time season which I don't think you'll have again. Um, yeah, both probably guys I'd, I'd leave out at this stage. Okay, breathe. Let's move to the mid range options. Right, hooking position. Only one guy I'm pretty like interested in, but I can't pick him from round one, and that's Tom Starling. It means it's going to be a bit, minutes is going to be a bit of a worry. If he gets fifty plus, he's by far the best in this price and has a fair bit of upside. But we're not sure the minutes he's going to get. They've got a bunch of forwards on the um, on their rotation on their bench, but you know Hodgson's going to move to the middle as well. Is he going to play eighty? You know, moving between the two, is Starling going to get those minutes? We're not exactly sure. So keep an eye on him over the first bunch of weeks. And if Hodgson goes down, Starling's your man. Aaron Clark, um, just the PPM's a bit of a worry for, for me. Should be getting sixty minutes though. Has some small upside with a PPM that's not great. So he, at that price of you know four twenty four thirty, I can probably you know leave him out, even though he's got the jewel, for example. Uh, yeah, just can't do it. Ruben Cotter on the bench is an issue at his price of five hundred k. I'm just going to leave him out for now. If he happens to get a starting spot, if there's injuries, if he's playing big minutes, if he has to get a hooker, for example, then he's going to be great. But at this stage, he's a no. Jake Simkin just has an average PPM as well. I bought him in last year when he came in. Yes, he was young. Maybe he's probably improved a little bit, but he shouldn't be playing 80 minutes. Um, and I think he needs to at his price to make at least 100K. Uh, so it should score all right, but I can, yeah, you can just use Randall for that, for example. Mids, okay. <clears throat> Pretty important one here. We've got Jai Arrow. He's dual, he's dual position now with the mid and the edges. All, those, all that's changed in the app or on the, um, on the website, guys, just letting you know. He's got the dual consistent... I think he's got probably five to seven points of upside. So average is 48 to 50, I think. Mids are going to go pretty solidly this year. So he's someone that you could plug in and not worry about too much. At worst, he is going to average what he's priced at now. And, and look, there's worse things to, to happen than, than getting someone that's averaging 43, 45 in your team. Um, definitely always more worries than that. Stefano is going to have to have a little bit more... Um, volatility I think and the question is going to be his minutes is he going to get the over 50 55 minutes that we need him to get if he does he's going to be great if he doesn't then he's going to average close to or just below where he's at currently um, yeah he just needs to see we need to see what happened at the back end of last year to, to be an improvement Christian Welch I like am sneaky sneaky interested in you know had him last year and just thought he'd have a bit more upside than he did he, he made a very slow sort of 70 to 80k before losing a little bit you know come origin time so he'd be a play up until that point just with their lighter pack they have less forwards at this stage probably means maybe sorry so probably maybe means more minutes i thought he'd have more minutes last year not going to get that he didn't get it he might get those extra minutes being you know co- i think co-captain as well um, and the offloads, offloading stats going to help him out a little bit. So probably five points of value for Christian. Paul Odyssey is inconsistent. If you look at his scores, you'll see that. Um, and the offloads are going to help. But I just don't see him being an option of 570k, 569, whatever he is. Um, that's why he's number four, but he should score you know, pretty well. Bradley, the ball playing skills and the suspension risks makes him hard to have, even though he's an amazing player. I think that puts it pretty simply. He's going to be the link man in the middle. He... You don't get points for that unless you're putting guys through, um, you know, with line break assist. But in in fantasy compared to supercoach, you don't get as many points for the line break assist. You know, and usually that means someone's going through, and then Teddy's coming back on the inside to score. Um, Walker's there, Kiri, someone back on the inside to score. So he only gets the two points for for great play, for example. So, um, and then obviously the suspension risk. He didn't play a lot of games last year, so that's that. Tarpany would be higher on my on my list, but the vaccination status is a bit a bit annoying on that one. 
Um, still haven't heard anything. If anyone finds an article or something that he is exempt, then he could be you know, moved up this list to probably around three or four for sure, um, maybe even higher. And Carrigan, I'm just going to say no upside on minutes for me. Uh, a few people have asked about him, so just wanted to put, put, pop him in there. He's not going to get massive minutes. Um, if you look to, back to a couple of years ago when he first came onto the scene, that all young blokes um, and no one to play big minutes, and Carrigan did that. So he doesn't have to do that anymore. Even Haas had to play bigger minutes than what he does now. All right, Tupanua on the edge. <clears throat> I think he's someone that's going to keep improving. Uh, in, a, in a good side, he did score 12 tries last year, but he is still a young fella. You know, he, he's only played sort of three or four years, but he came in really young. And in, in a side that I think is going to, you know, similar to what Crichton, what I spoke about with Crichton, they both, him and, him and Tupanua, both had a fair few missed tackles. So I can see that improving a fair bit. He also had a head knock game where he got less minutes. He then came back and played off the bench. So there's some upside in terms of just that extra few minutes uh, with a few of those lower scores. So I think he's going to be solid. But yeah, they're definitely the best um, scorer, I think, he's going to be in this mid, uh, mid-tier mid of the edge position. All right, Nakora, I think there's some small upside just based on the combination. But we see what he did with Johnson and still couldn't average more than 45. Um, and I just think he, him as a player has some opportunity to improve, just being a fairly young fella as well. So that's that with Nakora. He should score somewhere around that mid-40s mark with some slight upside on there. Both for more, just really inconsistent. I just had a look at his stats again before, and I'm just worried that he won't be out. Like, if he if he has he's every chance of having a couple of games at the start of the season where he gets 30, and he has that, he's had that in big minutes before, so that's a worry for Bo. Um, but it looks like he's the fittest in the club. There's a bit of a narrative you know, running around this off-season about him, so you know, the big minutes, we're not exactly sure if he gets it, but if he does, he could give him a bit of value, but yeah, I'm not too sure. Similar with Hylam Lukey, the minutes are a little bit unsure. Is Tom Gilbert going to come on for him? Is Mitch Dunn going to come on for him? Does he play 60? If he plays 60, I think he needs probably a little bit more and doesn't have as much upside, but you know, him as a player in general, he's a, a bit of a specimen, to be fair, and he has every chance to keep improving. Um, and has some upside on his price, but it's a bit of an awkward one in terms of that price. All right, Capewell and Ricky, we got small upside on a little bit of an increase in minutes, not too much of an increase, but enough. Um, just a bit of an awkward price for, for Capewell and, and might take a few weeks to get into the groove of things. And we'll probably be playing on the left side, which is away from Reynolds. You want him probably next to Reynolds, getting a bunch of tries there, for example. Jordan Ricky might make um, you know, step up in his second year next to Reynolds. That's probably where the upside is, but I wouldn't be starting with him. All right, move to the halves position, and we've got Curdy Man. Just big minutes in the middle. I think you got to lock him in. Anything, any minutes over like 50, 55, and he's going to make a fair bit of cash and score really well. Dual position, no brainer. Sam Walker comes in at number two. I think as you know, having the goal kicking upside now brings him into much more contention for my team. Bit of a freak talent, and um, yeah, I think he's going to be a solid option there. I wouldn't don't have too much to say on him. He's going to be sharing the attacking duties with Kiri is my biggest one which could stop him from being really, really good. Hastings, Jackson. So just below these two on talent and upside, probably not much else to say. I'd rather pick the other two over Hastings. Yeah, he's got Brooks next to him, so they're going to split the efforts as well. If it was just his team and you had someone like a Moiler next to him, he'd be doing all the kicking, the goal kicking, doing everything. So we're not even sure if he gets the goal kicking or if Brooks gets it. So yeah, a bit too much to think about there. Centre. I've got Momorowski at number one, but you know, more the fact that he... Yeah, him being on the wing hurts. He probably isn't going to be goal-kicking. So there's a couple of things that's really knocked him about as being a really good centre mid-range option. But he, every chance he could be moved to the centres, if Walker gets injured, he'll be kicking goals as well. So there's some upside on that. 
Um, but I wouldn't be picking him round one. Matty Tomoko, uh, very good player, but awkward price in that mid-400s, I think. There's other guys, in you know, so many guys in the cheaper spot in the centres and wing fullback that could score close to what he does. Um, but he has some upside for sure, some big, you know, two big scores in his in his bank already. Moses Tooley, a fair bit cheaper, and a 370-odd. can't remember what he is. Um, super talented, but just a bit unknown. He's a bit volatile. He's only had a few games that he's played 80 minutes um, in recent time. Uh, but he's, he's a really damaging player, and I think he's going to be really helpful for the Dragons this year, for example. Uh, number four, we've got Kotrick. He's been priced higher than, um, you know, than what he is right now, previously playing on the wing for the Raiders, so that's what people are looking at. He's got the dual position. It's going to depend how the Raiders go. If they go really well, he has some opportunity to go really well, so I'm not going to steer you away from him. If you look at you know, his scores in like 2019, 2020, they were much better than what happened last year with the Dogs. So if Raiders go well, he will too. All right. Last crack at the mid-rangers here. For the wing fullback, we have the hammer. Hamiso Tabuai Fado. For my Cowboys, I've got them here today. Got to wrap the like, Cowboys the last few days. Before round one, um, before you go back into our shell and, and start to struggle again. But anyway, got to have a bit of, um, bit of excitement for him before round one. Bit of upside at wing fullback for sure. He's going to be loving the attacking stats. The tackle breaks is probably a slight issue, but he's going to be passing the ball well, improving um, over the off-season as a wing fullback. Nice scores in the in the uh, back end of last year. So 470 is a decent option in that mid-range, and I have him over all the other guys for sure. With that dual position too. Sloan to get him a wing fullback, a slight bit more expensive, just as talented as Hammer, but um, I'd probably pick Hammer over him. Very similar plays uh, at this stage. So CNK, Chancellor with Cookstar. He's going to be more consistent than the two above guys, but just has a little bit less upside. You know, Sloan and Hammer could probably hit his in the 60s, 70s, where CNK is probably going to be around that 40 to 45 pretty regularly, random 30 game. Will Kennedy, similar to CNK, but in a you know in a better team this year than what the Sharks were last year. He had an awesome season though, so can he do that and improve just with um, you know a few more options in their team? I'm not exactly sure, but that is that. Not for Luma, someone who's a very erratic scorer. He can go missing in bad teams for sure. But the tackle breaks is a big loss for him. So I have him at number five. He's definitely an option, though, if you are interested in him. All right, the cash cows. We have spoken a lot about these guys over the season, but you know, let's, um, let's talk about them from you know, this stage on with the team list being out. Hooking position, Randall, you just got to lock him in. There's no ifs, buts, or maybes. He should be owned by everyone, but he won't be. Mids, my best one at this stage at the price point <coughs> is Ethan Bullimore. Has a dual position with the edge. He's going to have that edge spot for somewhere around the month mark and then probably a bench spot after. So you know, if, even if he lasts the three to four weeks and, and gains a bit in value, scores fairly well, um, his break-even is going to be fairly low, right? It could be around the 10 mark, 15 mark at that point. And even playing on the bench, getting 25, 30s can make you a little bit more cash for longer. So I think you've got to lock him in your side. Even though he's not too exciting to watch, for example, he's got some upside with points for sure and value. Number two is Maxi King. I just think he's pretty, you know, really cheap at 240. Has a clear role on the team. You probably just lock him in. You just need him to to get other players in your squad. I wouldn't be playing him in a 17, but you know, because we don't know what minutes he's going to get. But that's that with Maxi. Um, we've got Leo Thompson. So he comes in at 220k, so even cheaper. I just think, you know, there's not op- he has an opportunity. He's going to have an opportunity this year, whether it's you know just these first few games with Saifidi out um, or. It's a little bit longer. If there's more injuries, there's so many things that can happen. And at 220k, I just think he helps you get other guns or other mid-rangers or whatever you need to do. He's going to play at least a few weeks. So we don't know much about him. That's my thoughts. It's just if you if you need to save another 20k, 50k, 80k, then you can go down to Leo, for example. 
Uh, Joshy King at 319. This is more expensive. And we, still don't have, we don't have a clear role of what he's going to play after round one, how many minutes, etc. So, And he might not even play 13 in round one. We might see Smith go back to 13, Wishart to nine, and King to the bench. So that's an option as well. And the last option is the Fafida and Hunt, you know, Roycey Hunt, uh, question mark. The minutes are unclear. They have four forwards on the bench, so each they, the, both of them could get 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes. We don't know which one's going to get the 20, which one's going to get 35. We have no idea, so... Too hard to pick. I think you just you almost try to leave them out, or you can have a have a crack at two forty k and try and get lucky. Edge, come with Tuolangi. Fifty to sixty minutes is going to be good enough with him. Just pick him if Fermor, uh, Fermor, um, if Ghana gets into that starting side and Tuolangi on the bench, it makes it harder. But you know, all he need is one injury and he gets back into that into that edge spot. So it might be worth holding him even if he's on the bench. But um, or you can just pick him up if he gets that start at some point. But at the moment he's starting, so pick him up. Nanite, second best option here. A little bit more expensive. The minutes are unknown. Will he get big ones? Will he get 55-60? They have Gilbert. They've done on the uh, on the bench who could come in as different options. Nanite just needs to improve his missed tackles. And he's obviously super young. He was 19 when he first, 18, 19 when he first started. Um, so he's now going to have some natural improvement as he gets a bit stronger, a bit more um, aware of his body, for example. The young with upside. I wouldn't, um, wouldn't be against if you popped him in your team for sure. All right, the half position. Ilias, lock him in. Should score pretty well. Even if he doesn't score amazingly, he's going to make money. Schneider, lock him in as well. I'd be playing both of these guys. I just think the the way that the, the way it's all going to run, I'd probably play these guys over your center or wing fullback emergencies. Lock them both in. Amon or Amone. Price is annoying at 350 when you've got these other couple of guys, but super talented. Hunt's going to do a lot of the work, though, so just be aware of that. He's priced at, what, 28? He needs to score in the mid-30s. Will he be able to do that easily just on his running game alone and tackling? I'm not sure. I think he has some upside for sure. Um, how much is the, is the real question with him? So at the moment, he's not in my side, but I'm okay with you putting him in there for sure. Walters, it's just unknown how long he's going to get the spot for, but he should score decent in round one. So if you just want to take the punt on him, I'd be playing him as well. We saw he like had a few errors um, passing the ball in that second trial, and he still scored in the 40s. So he's someone I think he can get you over 30 in that first game and you know, fairly consistently just on tackles, running the ball. Um, the odd try assist uh, would be cool for Walters. All right, last two guys. You can see all them there. Center, I think Panasini just has the most upside in this group, even though he's at 350K. Uh, just being in a better side, for example, and he's got so much talent. Being young, Rocco Berry has only played six games of NRL, coming from Union, has the dual position, upside, um, general player improvement for him. I think he's the second best option on this list for scoring at the start. Tago is someone that's interesting because he has the dual position um, and is going to improve across the season, right? He might not start incredibly at the, at the beginning of the year, especially with Cleary. Um, not playing, he might be someone that you just have in your emergency because he is three thirty odd. He's not breaking the bank too much. He has that you know coverage that you can you can bring him in for the um, for the edge. If he had two injuries, for example, and you, know, you maybe have Bullimore on the on the bench as well, so Bullimore might go to mids. Um, Tago might go to uh, edge, and you have a, a cover in the center. Or Tago just stays in center, and you move Aiken up or Bird up or Burton up. Or, you know, there's plenty of options there um, with him. So he's probably smart to have in your side if you need the extra thirty k then someone like Billy Smith is going to be a decent one to have. A 300K is cheaper, has some injury risks, but super talented and in a good side. So he has scored a bunch of tries in the games he's played. He's got 250 odds. So if he can get you a couple of them to start the season, you'll be cheering. At 300K, you can use that cash to get other people. 
So in terms of general scoring, I think the other guys uh, and, and longevity and stuff like that, the other three are probably slightly better, but I'm quite happy if you pick Smith as well. Um, Violia, let me know if I said that right. Um, Viliami, I believe, is the Warriors' centre. He's going to play on the right side. He's got Johnson on his left, which is going to be cool. Hasn't scored well yet, so he could actually be a dud in fantasy in a team that's not going to be amazing. So just keep that in mind. But if you want a cheap guy at 240, then he could be your man. All right, last section, guys. We've got the wing fullbacks, and Stephen Cryan is just the safest option out of all these guys in the centre and wing. Average 36 last year, and they mispriced him at 28 for some silly reason. So he should be averaging somewhere in that mid-30s, at a minimum. You know, if he, if he continues to improve as a player and, and starts to run the ball a bit more, um, his tackling improves in the centres, for example, which it should do naturally, then he could average 40. But, yeah, plus the 28, silly one for him, with dual position. Xavier Coates, I've got him as number two in the wing fullbacks. I probably have him at a, have a similar ability to score as someone like Tago at this, at this stage of the year, but he's only got the wing fullback coach. So he might be someone that you pop in your emergencies. Uh, yeah, he could obviously score decently, but you want him to be like a bit of a slow burner, I'd say. He's going to have some upside in a better team, score more tries. It's decent, right? All right, James Schiller, probably a few-week option at this stage of the season, but injuries do happen. He's super cheap at 240. You can, or 220? I think he might be 220, actually. You can plug him in... Um, you know, he's in the game now. He actually has wing fullback and center jewel, which is crazy. So that's also helpful, right? For that first few weeks, if you need to play him at some point, then that could be cool. But yeah, just remember that it's probably a few, a few week option, but has some help. Uh, it will have some help if injuries arise. So he obviously got over Croker into that spot. So that means something, right? Sean Russell, wingers are always up and down in fantasy, but it's definitely a decent wing to be on on the left side of the Eels. He hasn't scored great in the few games that he's played. Um, yeah, if you look at you know, a couple of games, in one of the games there he had a couple of tries and and still didn't score great. So something to think about with Sean, but a 260k is you know, not a bad player to plug in who's a starter. And then you got Cody Ramsey, just slightly more expensive, and he's someone that's never really scored well. But okay, can he improve as a player? Certainly, he's in a better team, definitely. So he becomes a solid option there. There you go. That is the player bible. Any of those players that I've mentioned in there, go and have a look at footy stats. Go and look at Rugby League Fantasy Pro. Check their stats. Um, you know, see how they plug into your team. And just, you know, there's a bunch, obviously a bunch of different options, decent, different decent options in all the positions. So do what you please in that one. I really hope you enjoyed this and you know, use this as a reference over the next few days, especially. I think it's a bit of a must-watch video. Thank you for staying completely to the end. Please subscribe and like if you haven't done so yet, and we'll catch you in the next few videos. I'm going to be analysing a bunch of um, you know, the Discord group members' teams, uh, which will be really cool, and you know, hopefully you know, there's a few there that, are, if I say they're good, they're similar to yours. So uh, have a good day, guys. We'll catch you soon. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.